The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TF Today. Right now, see what they have for there we go. merch. Let's see. Are you going to buy an AAF shirt? I'm going to buy it. they like 70% AAF. off? Yeah. This is the RIP AAF pre-show. Welcome to the pre-show, folks. Uh, we thought we'd just fire this up because we were already talking about the AAF's demise in the office, and we figured we would just join you guys and start talking about that off the top before we started the show. It's 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 like who could have possibly seen this coming? It's it was hard to predict. The other, th- it's just like as the reports kind of come came out mm-hmm. about like that the AAF's business model very largely revolved around cooperation from the NFL, the NFL essentially buying them. Yeah. Ba- yeah. Basically what a bad business idea <laughs> before, like, by the, before they had any official agreement in place. Yes. Like yeah. imagine if we imagine if this magazine, if Dave mm-hmm. Campbell's Texas football existed solely on the idea that, okay, one day soon, Sports Illustrated's going to buy us. <laughs> that's a that's a bad a business. Bad model. business model. If your if your business is contingent upon another business acquiring you, not good. Thumbs down. Not good. So RIP to the AAF. They are uh, suspending operations. Is that suspending good? operations? Suspending yeah. operations. That's these jerseys are like eighty bucks. What? Give it a minute. I, uh, they <laughs> just, I know. They I'm just. just I'm announced. saying in general. Yeah, man. General, they need seventy million dollars. <laughs> I'm saying, like in general, the audacity to put your jerseys yeah. up for they got to raise enough money to keep going, man. Yeah, if you give that, I could get a, a month. month a Mikhail McKay for replica for ninety what bucks. I need, look, really and truly, yeah. I'm being one hundred percent serious. Mm-hmm. As soon as the price comes down, we're getting Luis Perez. Oh, absolutely, Birmingham oh, sure. Iron absolutely. Jersey. Sure. That is not up for debate. Absolutely, right? I am. I hope my boss is watching and yeah. he knows that we're getting it framed. Oh, that as okay. that thing comes down to forty bucks, yeah. we're yeah. hopping on we're that getting, thing. We're getting that and the the Garrett Gilbert. Yes, we'll get them. Yes. We'll get them in this uh, in in the studio here. Yes. Okay. Here here's here's something legitimately cool that I am definitely waiting for the price to go down. They have starter jackets. That's true. They have they do starter have start, jackets. They, they have starter, starter jackets. jackets, like the big puffy ones. Yeah, yeah. that was part of the deal. Check out the, oh. check out the Birmingham Iron one. It looks like an old Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. How much do they want for that? They want one thirty. Yeah. See, I'm, wait, I'm waiting the for the nerve. I'm, exactly. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for that 70 percent off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting, waiting for a while. Clearance sale. Yeah. We everything must going go. out of business sale. <laughs> everything must. Go. Oh yeah, we are. Uh, we have. <laughs> I don't. I take. I'll oh, be Garrett honest. Gil- yeah, Garrett Gilbert, right there. I take no yeah. pride. I take no like joy in this. I don't. No, no like no. people are losing their jobs, and like this is an opportunity for a lot of guys to actually play pro. But to me, I think I'm more laughing at the business decision guys. Yeah. Who's like like the people that it mostly affects are the players and the coaches and the people that you know the 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 staff of these teams, the big investors that thought this was a good idea. That's who I'm laughing at because. This is your fault. The other, and there is, I think, there is room for a second football league in some capacity Boy. in the spring. Not taking, not taking on the NFL, but you need agreement with the NFL to get these guys from practice squads, you need, from scout teams. Right. Like you yeah. need them. You need NFL Europe. You need, yeah, exactly. You need NFL Europe, and I. It's just yeah, they they tried to. One, I think they launched too early. Like I first heard about this league like in 
October, September? Well, yeah, wasn't it like sort of the point was like they were trying to launch it really quickly to they be wanted to, out ahead of the XFL? Yeah, they want to beat but the XFL, really but like, think it that's, through. yeah, like, yeah. okay, all of a sudden a month in, you're looking for money. <laughs> like, that's yeah. well, how this works. And and what's interesting now is that obviously a lot of attention is going to turn to the XFL, which is supposed to launch in 2020. Right. And the yeah. XFL, like the AAF basically never came out and said, we are going to compete with the NFL. Right. That was never their goal. They wanted to be partners. Mm-hmm. The XFL has come out and said they're opening pre- Vince McMahon's opening press conference was basically shots at the NFL. <laughs> yes, we're going to be different than the NFL. And so if we work under the assumption that we now know and I think is true mm-hmm. that you need cooperation from the NFL to make a second football league work. Right. Guess what, guys? It ain't going to work. It's, it's not, not going happen. well. Because then uh, like because okay, so again, you're looking at practice squad guys, you're looking at squad team or scout team guys. Uh, third stringers, fringe team, yes. fringe NFL guys. Okay, cool. They know the NFL is good, so they're not gonna like quit the scout team to go to the XFL. Mm-hmm. Like theoretically, the XFL should probably have a better money stream than the AF, right? Theoretically, mm-hmm. they are funded by an actual billionaire. But where's your where's where's the where are your players gonna come from? But he's not gonna drop. He's not going to keep pumping money into something that's right. losing. A losing proposition. Exactly. He's and not. Yeah. He's not. And like the scout team guys know. Hey, the NFL is good. Why would I quit that to maybe lose out on the XFL in three months? The ultimately, he's not. They're not making big as a scout team player, but they're making good, decent living stuff, probably. Because there was. That's the thing is that there was all this talk about um, the attendance mm-hmm. drops, right? And part of that is that there is that San Antonio shouts to San Antonio. You guys did your part. Yeah, but. Essentially, everywhere else, people quit going to games, mm-hmm. and the ratings tanked, and nobody was watching. Essentially, I think people like the idea of football in the off season, right? But they don't actually. When you pin them down, they're not actually into what is really semi-pro football. There's the same reason that, and I know it's different, but there's a reason that the arena football league is that still around. Uh, well, speaking of folding, the, the, it. it folded into the NFL. Like the, it was on like the NFL Network and all that. Yeah, stuff. but I, just, I don't think it's around anymore. But yeah, that, it but folded and then was acquired it, in some in fashion. that same regard. Like the the Arena Football League, at least they were doing something different. Right, it's a different sport yes, and to yeah. a certain extent. Correct. Right. That was that was more six six man football. Essentially, a lot <laughs> right. more yeah. like six man football. Yeah. yeah. This was we're going to be we're going to be the same product, just worse. Mm-hmm. And I just don't feel like that's a winning proposition. I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think Ubbin tweeted, David Ubbin tweeted it out from The Athletic, formerly of Dave Campbell's. Um, <laughs> he said, uh, he's starting, to, he thinks leagues are starting to realize no football is better than bad football. I think people, like, yeah, and I just wonder if. We, we like high school and we like college and we, like, we, we, we were willing to admit that, yes, there are leagues below the NFL that aren't the best of the best talent wise that we're willing to watch. But when you call yourself a professional league, that's the gauge we're going to put it on. We're going to compare it to the NFL naturally because it's like we're going to be looking for professional football. The, and when we see, uh, when mm. we see also like they hire coaches that are NFL coaches. Like yeah. they hire coaches. All that does run, is remind you of good like, football. Yeah, it reminds you of good football. And they're not even hiring like innovative yeah. offensive where it's like, oh, they're just gonna line five wide the whole game and just score eighty, right? right. It's like, no, they're gonna try to go single back and run it. It's like that's not That was one thing that struck me, and we will start the show here in a moment, but this is I, I think <laughs> a really interesting topic. And it's also the off season, so right. whatever. Right. Uh the what what's interesting is 
these games, correct me if I'm wrong, they were pretty low scoring. They're pretty low scoring. That these games, they, they, they weren't, there weren't a ton of points. In, in, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm seeing games 17 to 9. There was an 8 to 3 game last week. 23 to 6. There was one 34 31 game. Right. Okay. That's great. Mm-hmm. But when you're, you're, you basically, you have four, half your team, half your team, half your teams rather, mm-hmm. did not crack 10 points. That's not entertaining football. No. No. When you look at the NFL and how like, you have like five teams with good offensive lines, and then everybody else is really bad offensive lines. What do you think? Like you're not getting good offensive line play. You're not getting, uh, you know, Trent Richardson is the feature running back of the league, and it's like okay, like I. Uh. And let me get out in front of the Facebook comments. Defensive football can be a lot of fun, right? right. Okay, yeah. but not bad offensive football. Right. What <laughs> I'm saying is that yeah. I think this has a lot more to do with offensive ineptitude than mm-hmm. it has to do with. Really great defense. I don't so think, I don't think you have to worry too much. I don't. I don't think anyone is that right. Upset about yeah. This okay. I just want to make I, sure it's, because I, every time yeah. you say that, you, you're like, yeah. oh, you're discounting how good defense is. Great yeah. defense is fun to watch. Right. right. This is not great defense. Now, granted, just like when the XFL folded and the NFL adopted a lot of their rules and a lot of their features, there are some things. SB Nation has a good article out about the five interesting things that they had going on. Um, one of them that stood out to me was they had an actual sky judge at every game, mm-hmm. and uh, in this particular video, they have she's mic'd and you can she's speaking and yes. like uh, you can see the balls moving in his hands and all transparency like that. That's really interesting. And um, that's one thing I remember thinking: if you are if you're the NFL, you, you, you I think oh, you, you definitely I think, leech off this. I think you do need. I think you're right. There is a there is room for a call it a developmental league if sure. you want. And what you can do if you're the NFL is you can try out all your new things. Mm-hmm. You can try out. Miking up the officials. Right. You can try out all these different camera angles. And if it doesn't work, okay. Yeah. But if you but if you try five ideas and one of them works and it improves your product, then ultimately it's a net positive. Like one thing, AF, no kickoffs. Like we've seen yes. that, I think we've all kind of seen that train coming, right? That the NFL yeah. slowly starting to eliminate kick- AF, like they eliminated kickoffs and the games are shorter. They're like two and a half hours, mm-hmm. which is a big relief. Yes. <laughs> I would love a two and a half hour game. So Tune in to CBS Saturday at 11 a.m. <laughs> Memphis is supposed supposed to say San Antonio, <laughs> so I wonder if we're going to get, as Sean put it in the bunker, I wonder if we're going to get replays of the Big Bang Theory yeah. coming up here at, because they got to fill that time somehow. It yeah. is, it's it's a an interesting moment, and yeah. this is now. There have been a lot of attempts to actually Texas football today's own. Jeff Perlman wrote a book about mm-hmm. the USFL uh, that is on my bookshelf. And I need to read the, there have been a lot of attempts to launch a secondary football league, professional football league, and they just have all flopped in different ways. Mm-hmm. I think there is a path, but ultimately you got to play by the NFL's rules mm-hmm. and the NFL has to dictate it. Yep. So Max, should we start the show? We should, but I, we're going to have to, sh- oh. we're going to have to start an unorthodox league. Is that uh, okay. Uh, the the theme didn't load. <laughs> so you're just gonna have to jump. Yeah. Yeah, 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 right. You're just gonna have to jump right in. Okay. <clears throat> in three. <laughs> yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. 
I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating what would have been his 1,277th birthday today. Happy mm. birthday to Charlemagne. Sure. Okay. Not to be confused with the rapper with Charlemagne the God, <laughs> who is a very, very different. He's not a rapper. He's a just a radio person. Yeah, radio person. Yeah, whatever. The he he, he was a rapper. Sure he, he, didn't he, he never rapped. No, never he's, rapped. He's just on. He's the just on. Club. He's just on the Breakfast Club, which is a hip hop radio radio show. Yeah. Okay. okay. There's got to be a mixtape somewhere. In Everyone's got a mixtape. In, in, in my face. Probably. Uh, and and sitting to my right, uh, the Charlemagne that got to my breakfast club. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I just kind of assumed. I mean, it's kind of a rapper name, right? Oh, absolutely, but, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Know, because like, just... who's the other guy? There's a there's a white guy on that show. Ebro. No, uh, 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 I know Ebro, but uh, I'm trying to think of the other guy. I can't remember. I don't listen to breakfast club. Yeah. But. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're, but it's like they all have like. Like rapper names, yeah, I like just kind of assume that they yeah. all kind of rap with seven. Yeah. Hey, I, uh, good for Charlemagne the God. I forgot to do the first four through the door. Go for it. We ages ago, Phil Vaney, our man, he's like a regular now. I love it. Terry Adams, John Velo, and Matt Mixbag. If What's you get, go? if you give a guy a book, if, like if you if you let him win a book, he will he will. Yeah, show he's it. your best friend forever. Yeah, he absolutely Phil's our is. man. Yeah. Uh, today is. Tuesday, April 2nd, two, uh, 2019, 240 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 734. 734, the OPS for Andres Galarraga. Andres West for his text range. Wow. The big cat. The big cat. Uh, seven, uh, 72 games in 2001. On today's show, guys, we are going to ha- – we've got some news and notes, including some high school football hires, and uh, a, we have lost a legend, but we'll more than that. In the back half of the show, continue our never-ending series of Texas High School Football Regional Recap, Central Texas. We finally reached Central Texas. Let's talk about that. Uh, I, I recall you saying we would not be doing one in April. <laughs> We'd be done by April. I don't, I don't remember, I remember that. I don't remember that, <laughs> yeah. and I guarantee there is not audio evidence. That <laughs> so, that's a problem with doing a podcast. Every day, yeah. <laughs> everything's recorded. <laughs> That's the problem. Okay, uh, let's start with some news and notes, and we must first acknowledge something that happened over the weekend. Um, Eddie Joseph, uh, the uh, legendary Texas high school football coach, um, passed away over the weekend. He was 89 years old. Um, this is a, a a legend. Most notably, if you know the name Eddie Joseph, you're probably thinking of Gary Joseph, the head coach at Katie. This is his father. But a Texas high school football coaching legend himself, he was executive vice president of the Texas High School Coaches Association for 22 years. That is probably, if you talk with Texas high school football coaches, yes, he was a great uh, a great coach. He had, had 138, 54-6 record. Terrific coach at Wharton, Corpus Christi Carroll, coached in Oklahoma for a little bit. But most people will know him as one of the godfathers of the Texas High School Coaches Association, who guided this pro or guided this organization for a long, long time. Passed away after a battle with cancer and Alzheimer's. They've set up a memorial fund. We'll tweet out the the link on at DCTF if you would like to donate. They've set up a Coach Eddie Joseph Memorial Fund. Services are this weekend for Eddie Joseph. A a, uh, a a legend truly in, in Texas high school football uh, annals. Uh, a guy, obviously, his 
legacy lives on uh, through his son, Gary Joseph, who may be the best coach in the state right now. But it, uh, well, Gary Joseph was also a mainstay. We would always see him at coaching school, always walking around, always very friendly. Uh, and Dave always loves seeing Eddie. Oh, yeah. yeah. They go way, way, way yeah. back. And so it is a, uh, it's a true loss for the Texas high school football uh, coaching community and coaching world as Eddie Joseph has passed away at the age of, uh, did I get that, 89? Uh, no, I think that's, that's, that's wrong. That's bad math. 80, 86. 86, 86 that go. sounds right. Uh, Eddie Joseph passed away this weekend. Uh, we are certainly thinking of the Joseph family down there as a, as they mourn the loss of their patriarch. Let's move on to, uh, I guess, happier things, but I guess <laughs> I guess less important things. Right. Although this is certainly important to the folks in Texarkana. Liberty Ilo will have a new, new coach mm. uh, for the first time in quite a while uh, as Steve, Steve Wells has announced that he will retire at the end of this school year. Uh, this is a guy who was entering his, he had been there for five years. Before that, he had coached Hooks, Mignola, and Jacksonville. Disappointing year for Liberty Island this year, four and eight uh, on the season. But uh, a guy who helped turn, helped continue the legacy there at Liberty Island with the Leopards, uh, a program that in, in East Texas in 4A is always a contender. Liberty Island will be looking for a new head coach as Steve Wells is retiring. After he will retire with a 94 and 89 record, including 36 and 27 there in his five seasons at Liberty Ilo. So big job coming up and out in uh, East, far East Texas. Is this, do I have this right? I'm trying to think. Did, was there another job in Texarkana that came open? Pleasant Grove didn't. When? I hope not. <laughs> hope I'm, I'm hoping you missed that. Yeah, I'm just thinking. I don't know. For some reason, I have it stuck in my head. This year? Yeah, this year. There's only three. I guess that's true. And Jerry ain't going anywhere at Texas High. Yeah, Jerry ain't going. He's been anywhere. there for a while. Yeah, and then um, and and of course, uh, Pleasant Grove has his. Uh, we'll keep Josh Gibson. I guess I don't know if they're going to hang on to <laughs> he's him. He's done. He's done. Okay. <laughs> they might just run him out of the paint. <laughs> so Liberty Island will be looking for a new coach. Brian Rudders made a hire. Eric, uh, Eric Azar, uh, the Willis Athletic Director, will be the new head coach at Brian Rudder. Uh, that's, a, that's a bit of a tough gig down there at Rudder, uh, a, a area that is getting more and more crowded with schools and quality schools, obviously with the addition of College Station. Brian is always a, a contender uh, down there, but, uh, but Coach Azar uh, is, is moving in there. This is a guy who has, um, who has some head coaching experience. Uh, he was the uh, he was the head coach at Dallas uh, W T White from 2009 to 2012, but he will move in and take over at Brian Rudder starting this year. Uh, excited to see what he can do there. Uh, Maud has made a hire, mm-hmm. big moving Tyler Chapel Hill. They of course bring in Jeff Reardon uh, from Crosby, and their defensive they are now losing their defensive coordinator. Josh Turner has t- taken the job at Maud, uh, moving over there. I believe this is his first head coaching position. So Maud will hire uh, Tyler Chapel Hill defense coordinator Josh Turner. Last I saw, this was pending board approval. I don't know when their board meeting is. It might have been last night. It might be today. In any case, it sounds it's like usually be, Mondays. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like it'll be Josh Turner, the defensive coordinator from Tyler Chapel Hill, taking over. And finally, this was from Matt Stepp, our Dave Campbell's Texas football high school football insider, uh, announced that or he tweeted uh, yesterday. Crosby, uh, of course, is still open, and Crosby is uh, is starting to interview candidates today. Uh, or tomorrow, rather, for their uh, vacant head coaching job. There are apparently, allegedly, six candidates coming in for uh, that job. We've kind of talked a little bit about how Crosby is maybe a job that, for the right guy, could be a really good one, but mm-hmm. there are mitigating circumstances that people may not necessarily realize, specifically financial ones. Mm-hmm. I know that that was a big reason why 
uh, Jeff Reardon uh, left to go to Tyler Chapel Hill was because of the financial strains that were coming onto the district. As a result, they're bringing in six candidates uh, to for the new job there. Crosby will be uh, theoretically uh, closing here soon as they begin their interview process. That's an there. interesting. That that be that's going to be an interesting hire. It will because be. you mentioned there's there's obvious perks to it, but obvious you know uh, detriments as the, well to the, to, that are against that are naturally working against the coach. But like that's still that's still got to be enticing in some ways, right? That's such an interesting area. The talent group pool of talent is yeah. there. You know, the talent pool is there. Yeah. If you can put up with the fact that right now they are in financial straits, mm-hmm. if you can put up with that, you, you're you going to have some cats who are going to come yeah. and, and suit up for you. Mm-hmm. So that is something that is all obviously going to be appealing for a number of people. So Crosby is starting their interview process this week. And those are news and notes. You can see all the news and notes at TexasFootball.com. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That is our subscription package. We are about to switch it over to make it so that the first magazine of the two magazines you will receive as an insider is the 2019 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Text Football. I believe we're going to make that switch this week. I have an email from my boss that I didn't read because it's from my boss. But we will get two magazines, the 2019 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Text Football and the 2019 Recruiting Edition of Dave Campbell's Text Football, which comes out in early December. You get both those magazines mailed directly to you before they hit newsstands, including the Summer Edition. You get it before it hits shelves. Last year, they got it a week early. We'll see how early it is this, this year. It will... Be a week early at least, but you can definitely get it early if you become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. On top of that, you also get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, computer projections of every Texas high school football game. You also get access to our six-year program rankings, ranking every Texas high school football program in the state over the last six years. You also get exclusive, uh, let's see, podcasts, uh, our insider podcast, including Tep and Step, our premium high school football insider podcast, as well as recruiting analysis from friends at Next Level Athlete. All that stuff, a lot of good stuff, up at TexasFootball.com. Everything I just listed, the two magazines and the online content for $19.95 for the first year. $19.95 makes a great gift as well. It's TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. Take some coffee. <laughs> Got that. The sore throat thing. Oh, okay. Mm. Definitely coffee. Definitely. You know what helps for that? Yeah. Hot coffee. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Just shredding my throat. You can just steal some of Max's tea. It's fine. He won't mind. It's fine. Oh. oh okay. I thought, I thought you were shaking your head saying, like, like, no, you can't touch it. Keep your hands off my you tea. You want some tea? Have some tea. I mean, we fought wars over tea. That's that's that's. <laughs> All wars over wasting tea. Over <laughs> just actually, yes, yeah, it's, it's more a war over being wasteful. That was the problem. It that's what the Revolutionary the, War was it about, wasn't right? The tea, it was just wasting. It. God, it's supposed to be. Let's get into our Central Texas Regional Recap. Uh, taking a look at uh, the year that was in the Central Texas area. We're talking kind of Greater Waco, but it's all kind of a big smorgasbord down there uh, in Central Texas. The big picture overall is that once again, it was a spectacular year there in the Super Syntex area. Uh, a pair of state champions, 4A and 2A, uh, even if you did have teams that I think had state champ- had ho- wish they could have gone farther mm-hmm. at the big school level, specifically teams like uh, Hewitt Midway and Temple, I think that overall this was an outstanding year in the Central Texas area. It was another year of depth 
down there and a year where we had a lot of questions about a number of teams, and yet a lot of those questions got answered in the positive. For example, can Cameron Yo come back? Well, yeah, I think Cameron Yo, it's pretty clear, is on the way back. Mm -hmm. uh, what can Waco La Vega do with a new coach in Don Hyde? Well, all they did was win a state championship. Right. Is there a, a team that is going to be able to surprise us? I think there were a handful of teams, including arguably the biggest surprise in the state mm -hmm. that we were talking about. So overall... I think that you had a number of teams that, that really stood out in the Central Texas area, and I think it was a great year in Super Syntax. Uh, even if you did, a defending state champ went down in the first round in Rockdale, but to make the playoffs, and they ended up, I believe they ended up losing to the eventual state champs in Grandview in right. the first round. So to, to have that kind of year, I think, in Central Texas speaks to the depth down there. It was a great year there in Central Texas. Our regional team of the year, I think, is Waco La Vega. You have your pick, I think, of the two state champions, Mart or Waco La Vega. Mm -hmm. To me, La Vega was more of a surprise, and La Vega was more of a team that we had big questions about even during the season. Remember, this was a team, I believe, that started one and two. Mm -hmm. They lost two games. One game to Argyle, which is a game they feel like they should have won. Mm -hmm. And then, talking to, to coaches down there... That I think they let one game beat them twice because they lost yeah. to Austin Elliott. Hangover next effect. Week. Yeah, yeah. hangover. Well, then they rally and get get right in a big, big way and run through what we really consider to be one of the toughest classifications in the state. Yep. And I would say they went through the dirty side of the bracket too. Yep. They went through the left side of the yep. bracket to get out of Region Two to avenge that loss to Argyle to get through a number of really good teams, and then to take on a Liberty Hill team and, I think, physically dominate them mm -hmm. is really impressive. In the first year for Coach Don Hyde there, uh, Waco La Vega is our uh, regional team of the year in Super Syntax. Regional surprise of the year is no surprise either. It's San Saba. We've gone on and on and on about the job that Jared Fikach has done did down there at San, San Saba. He's since moved on to Georgetown Eastview. But just to reiterate, if you've been living under a rock or you haven't talked, you haven't heard us talk about San Saba before. This was a team that went uh, fourteen and one this year, made it all the way to a uh, state semifinal. State semifinal is that correct? I believe that's correct. Made it to a state yes, semifinal. They lost in the semifinals. Yes, yeah, made it all the way to the state semifinal, which is really impressive. It is doubly impressive when you consider the fact that they were three and seven the year ago, yeah. the year before, and zero oh and ten the year before that. They had won three games in the last two years. They had won five games in the previous three years. They had won seven games in the previous four years. I can go on and on and on. And it took Jet Whitfield to finally stop them. Like yeah. it took somebody like <laughs> that, took a, that New Deal team to finally slow them down. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is they are, they are not just in my mind the biggest surprise of of Super Centex. They're the biggest surprise of the year in the state, sure. what they were able to put together and make it to a state semifinal. You just don't see that. Mm -hmm. And so undoubtedly, in my opinion, and there are a number, that's that's not to say, unfortunately, there's a lot of teams that just get overshadowed by this. Clifton was unbelievable this year. Lorena had a big-time bounce-back year. Holland is in the mix. Lampasas had a big-time bounce-back year as well. A lot, of, uh, a lot of teams that we did not see coming, Archer City, Thorndale, a lot of teams that we didn't necessarily see coming. Oh, Unfortunately, they play in the same region as San Saba. Yeah. <laughs> and as a result, they're going to get overshadowed. But it was a great year for those surprises. But undoubtedly, in my opinion, San Saba, the regional surprise of the year in Central Texas. Regional coach of the year. We're going to go with Kevin Hoffman at Mart. and Kept the train running. Again, you can go with... I think that one thing that, that's worth mentioning is that Mart had never gone back-to-back. -back. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's something he instilled in his kids. said, this is something... 
it's hard to make history in Mark, Texas. Yeah. Here's an opportunity for you to make history in Mark, Texas, if you are able to go and, and, and be that team that goes back to back. And that was very special for them. They also took over. He also had to deal with losing a starting quarterback in the middle of the playoffs. They they lose Kyler Martin, their quarterback, and essentially didn't skip a beat. Right. And changed the offense, didn't skip a beat. Like Roger Freeman wasn't a thrower, didn't try to make him throw that much. Yeah. And they just kept it going. How <laughs> many teams would have collapsed like a house of cards yeah. if you lose your starting quarterback, especially mm-hmm. in the middle of the playoffs? Right. Instead, they arguably got better. And that's not a knock on Kyler Martin. Right. It was just it was harder to game plan for them. Mm-hmm. Because, it was like, oh, cool. Now their defensive end's quarterback. Yes. Like <laughs> now their defensive end's different. gonna run 20 times a game. Right. Things were so different. And yeah. to have the wherewithal to be able to not panic and say, All right, we've got a plan, we're gonna go in. And at the two A division two level, to to you where you don't have your pick and litter. Mm-hmm. If Allen loses their starting quarterback, the chances are they've got a pretty good backup. Right. The backup was their defensive end, and they still went and won a state championship in dominating fashion, mind you. So, Mark Coach Kevin Hoffman gets my nod for Regional Coach of the Year. Regional Player of the Year, another uh, another place where we could give a lot of options here. You could have given it to Jared Rogers, the linebacker at Waco La Vega. You mm-hmm. certainly be in, in within your rights. I'm going to give it to Waco or Waco Conley running back, JV on Sunday. Ran for 2,329 yards. And 36 touchdowns became the all-time leading rusher and all-time leading touchdown leader in program history. Just a junior, by the way. Yep. And oh, by the way, here's the other thing about him. And this is the thing that I think is is so incredible. He had 300 carries. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to talk? The days of the horse. The days of the workhorse running back are are dead or dying. Mm. And here is a guy who carried the ball 300 times in 12 games. He averaged 25 carries a game. Average 25 carries a game. That is what you need from a bell cow. And that's what JV on Sunday was. He's our pick for regional player of the year. And and really, I'm glad you picked him out because I'm working on the uh, 4A and 3A previews Mm -hmm. right now. I mean, he might be the best player coming back in 4A. Uh, he's incredible. He's he's awesome, and and I feel a little bad that he was this great, and we didn't talk about him more this year. I mean, I Conley I, had a Conley was the team. They had a good year. They right, were eight and four. They right. were in a district that you know with Fairfield and yeah. Robinson, Madisonville, just an okay district. Mm-hmm. They beat Buller, and they lose to Pleasant yep. Grove in the second round. Yep. Obviously, that that you know that's a pretty good loss in the playoffs. But we Conley kind of got overshadowed by the other teams yep. in the Central Texas area. But JV so, on Sunday, yeah. I think just as a junior. I think the word is out on him. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. The We're going to talk about him a lot this year. We certainly will. And then, uh, looking ahead, I, I think that there's a lot of reason to believe that there's going to be a lot of really good teams in Central Texas area. I think that you could have another one of those big school teams break through. I think maybe Midway or Temple is ready for another run. I know Temple does lose Jared Wiley, but mm-hmm. I think that they're ready for, for another run. I think that La Vega is going to be back. I think you, are, you, you pick against them at your own peril. Mm-hmm. Trust me. As somebody who has shouted out in their post-game press conference at state championship games, you pick against them at your own peril. Yep. Mart is Mart. I know that. Uh, I think that they are. They're losing a fair number of those those running backs. I know they're losing the Wula train. Mm-hmm. I know they're losing uh, their the other their other outstanding running back whose name for some reason Tyra Corn. Thank you, Tyra Corn. But they do bring back a quarterback. Both quarterbacks actually. Kyler Martin is back yeah. as well Jeez, as yeah. Roger Freeman. Yeah. And as a result. They're not going anywhere. That defense is also going to be very good as well. 
Also, one interesting thing, they lost their coach, but San Saba brings a lot back. San Saba brings a lot back. Like, and that New Deal be, team was senior heavy that knocked them out. They are going to be a they're going to be a problem. That's going to be interesting to see. The the coaching change obviously is is paramount here, but it's going right. to be interesting. I also think look, I know it's been a couple of years, but I think Cameron Yo, this is the the build up. Mm-hmm. They are they're potentially reaching their final form in 2019. So, should be another fun year in the Central Texas area. We're very excited about that. That is our Central Texas regional recap. And now we go to Max Thompson from America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Everyone's been really active today. No specific questions, uh, especially, though I did like Miziel uh, saying that he was wondering that when the tweet went out yesterday, that there wouldn't be a show if that was an April Fool's prank. I suppose I should have been funnier. <laughs> no, I'll tell you where I was. No, 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 it's fine. I should have been funnier. I should have said, like, an angry mob finally came in and stormed, yeah. stormed, stormed the headquarters and, and took you out for hating their favorite team. Right. Uh, instead, I was just like, Tepper's out of town. I was. I, was, I, was, I wasn't very creative. I was in Austin. Believe it or not, I can just tell you. Oh. I was at a meeting at the UIL. Yeah. Mm, and I was, I was called to the carpet. Suspended for three weeks for PEDs. Called to the carpet. Yeah. It was it was a tough thing. Now, there yeah. was a they, they, they wanted a little help with the project, and so yeah. I was happy to go down there yeah. and see all of our friends, including the press box queen herself. Yes. Kate Hector. Kate she Hector. sends her regards. The boss. She has a... Uh, I guess it makes sense. She has an office with a window. Ah, uh, yeah. She should. She should like, have an office yeah. with a window. Uh, shout out. Special she shout out. To, yeah, dealing with all of this, she needs to realize there's still good in this world. Yeah. Looking, <laughs> looking out the Something window. Something like, ah, to stare blankly out into when is. she's tired of dealing with all of us. <laughs> oh, God. Special shout out to uh, Suzanne Bridgman saying hello from Portland today. Mm. Oh, nice. Portland, Texas or Portland? <laughs> Hey, if you're still in the comments, Portland, Texas, or Portland, no, Oregon, just or Portland, out. Maine, Ugh. or Portland, Maine, or probably there's probably like a Portland, Minnesota too. I will look it up. How many Portlands are there? No, there's not Portland. Minnesota. My is that sad that you say Portland? My immediate thought is like, oh, G Port. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna do it for us. I mean, <laughs> thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DTTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com. Slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com for Max Thompson and Ishmael Johnson. I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, you're probably not getting a job in the AAF, so please get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. It was Texas, by the way. Okay. <laughs>